Isaiah 54, uh, verses uh, 1 to 3. Uh, Sing, O barren one, who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nation and will, and, and will people the desolate cities. Uh, this morning I'd like to uh, speak about uh, a prophetic word that was recently uh, given to us. And to do that, um, I would like to firstly put it into a, a biblical, historical context and then look at how the word applies to us. Now, if you are a visitor this morning and you think, well, this doesn't apply to, to me and it, I'm not sure how that's going to work with me and do I go out for a cup of coffee or something like that. Well, you're very welcome to go out for a cup of coffee. Uh, yes, but I believe that, uh, that actually there might be something in there for you and for your church and for something uh, that you can take back to you. So I want to firstly look at the background first. The image of this chapter is one of God, uh, the faithful husband, uh, forgiving Israel, the unfaithful wife, and restoring her. You'll find that from Isaiah um, 54 verses 5 and 6. But it's not um, an image that is uncommon in Old Testament writings. So uh, not only will you find it in, in Isaiah, you'll find it in Jeremiah. He prophesies about an unfaithful wife and a faithful husband, uh, as does Hosea and Ezekiel. It is a common theme, mainly because there's a common problem, that Israel was being unfaithful. So there was a prophecy that's coming through. And it is always true about prophetic words, that if you don't respond to the prophetic words, God will say them until you respond. So even if there was a prophetic word that came this morning, you might, you might find out that in time that will come back to you, not because it's that great prophetic word again, but actually because we haven't done it. And that's the challenge. And you can find that pastorally with all sorts of different things, that if we don't deal with the things, they come round in circles and bite our bum again. Isaiah uh, had used the image as the other prophets because it was that sort of problem now the, the nation of Israel uh, got married as it were to God at Mount Sinai but committed adultery uh, by making a golden calf and, walked to, and the Lord walked away from her temporarily you can find that in verse 7 where the Lord just says well you know I'm just going to leave you uh, for a while however the prophets were prophesying 
of a, a restoration of Israel being restored to husband. And the promise was when the Messiah comes. So when the Messiah would come, suddenly everything would change. The, the unfaithful wife would be faithful. The husband who had so loved her would be joined again under the, as it were, the new covenant of the Messiah. Historically, at uh, the point that we're reading, uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed. It had been taken, uh, they, its people had been taken into exile. Uh, their number had been decreased. Their confidence was, uh, was lost. Their freedom was taken away. The worship of the Lord was but a shadow of what it was. And they, as a people, were experiencing loss. Now, loss is quite an experience. If anybody has ever lost anybody in their lives, somebody close to them, a relative or somebody, you will understand the pain of loss. And when we're thinking about Isaiah 54, you have to try and read it in the context of what the people were feeling at that time. They were feeling loss. Loss for themselves loss because of the loss of land and loss because they were away from home and it hurt them they were a hurting people so when you read in these verses that we did O barren one you who had not been in labor or the desolate one you get an idea of what they are feeling at this point but what will this restoration be like? Well, this restoration will involve uh, and will evoke very strong emotions. Very strong emotions. Sing, O barren one, break forth into singing and cry out loud. Do you imagine that? Just put yourself in that position. Just put yourself in the position of a barren lady a barren young girl a barren person and imagine that you are in the front room of that person and you know the agonies the personal agonies that they have walked through year after year after year and you're just sitting with them and suddenly this person stands up and sings and breaks forth with singing and cries out loud you would be shocked, wouldn't you? You just would not know what's to do with this experience that you, you are in. You may even be embarrassed. Suddenly, this people are going to be full of joy. And Isaiah mentions this issue 30 times in the whole book of Isaiah. He say a people will be full of joy. So if you want to know one way, and we're just digressing here, of how we're going to do what Rupert says in regard to the kingdom of God and the church, one way actually is this, a people full of joy. A people full of joy. Or a people that ain't miserable. Okay, so it's going to involve strong emotions. Sing, O barren one. It will be fruitful. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, said the Lord. 
strong emotions, very, very fruitful. They, because of their strong emotions and because of being fruitful, they will uh, be larger because their family is going to extend and they're going to need more space. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. This family is getting larger. It's sort of like the Rumsey family. I've had a conversation re- recently, um, as you know, Andy and Andrew uh, are on to number six, uh, being created as we speak uh, in front of you by the Lord. And what's, what's happening is that Andy came round to see me. And he, I mean, why, you know, sometimes people believe that their pastor knows more than the pastor does. He came to see me about extensions to the house. And this is exactly, exactly it. Where, where do you think, Nigel, we should extend our house? Well, I what? I don't, well, I went to Bible college, but, you know, civil engineering is just, well, I don't know. Um, I think it says here, and it, and it says, enlarge the place of your tent. So this is the prophetic word. You and Andy need to have a tent on the back garden. Put the kids in the house. You go in the tent. Move to the caravan. That's the answer. That's the only way that you're going to get any peace. Lock the kids in the house. Move across the garden. Get in the caravan. Lock yourself in. That's the answer. Tent in the garden. No. But it is literally this. It is that not only will, the, will this be a time of strong emotions, it's fruitful, they're going to be bigger and need more space. It will take them beyond their borders. For you will spread out to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. So they're going to go beyond being just a nation to affecting the nations of the world. We can talk about that prophetically speaking in regard to the new covenant, but we haven't got time to go there. They would be one nation under God, and what would happen is that this one nation under God would expand and all the nations of the earth would come in. That's the sort of prophetic thing. But... Uh, Babylon, Babel, the Babylonian Empire had crushed them, so they'd got these promised. Israel was diminished, and the other side of this coin is that they had forsaken their God. So, we get to uh, Isaiah 51, verses 1 to 3. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock. There's the prophetic word again this morning that came. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion and he comforts all her waste places. And makes her wilderness like Eden, her deserts like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and and a voice of song. This is the prophetic word again coming to uh, the people. So this was a prophetic poke in the ribs. 
They were being asked as a people who had forsaken the Lord that were living in Israel to listen. Come on, guys, listen. Come on, seek. Come on, look. Sometimes when, we, when we're in a bad place, when we're not in the place that we should do, it's often that we, we need to just stand back for, from all the emotion of it sometimes and just say, I'm going to listen, I'm going to seek, and I'm going to look to the Lord, which is what the Lord was saying. Come on, guys, stand back a little bit and hear the promise. And the promise was that God will do for them what he'd done for Sarah and for Abraham. So Genesis uh, chapter 22 was the promise, 17 and 18. I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and the sand on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies and the offspring of all nations of all the earth will be blessed because you have heard my voice. So in short, we have, three, we have several things. We have a people in e- exile. We have a people that had, had, uh, uh, were, were away from the Lord. And we had the Lord speaking to them, saying, look, there are some great promises that come your way. Just for the technically minded, uh, Paul does quote Isaiah 54, our passage in Galatians 4. Uh, and he applies the same principle to us as a church. He says in Galatians uh, 3 previously, Come on church, return to the Lord and you will be blessed. Now then, Paul's not saying that the Old Testament promises are all fulfilled in the church, which can often be something that people say, that the Old Testament church, the promises will become the promises of the church. The reason that that is a little bit dubious is this, is that if you want the promises of the Old Testament of fruitfulness, you've also got to have the Old Testament promises of judgment. (laughs) So, you know, if you want the whole package, then you're going to have fruitfulness and judgment. But it's not the whole, it's the principle behind it. And the principle is this, that if we return to the Lord, the barren one can become fruitful but also there's a second principle and it's just simply this a barren one can become fruitful that was the message it's not even linked in sometimes with returning to the lord it's just this here's the principle if you're barren you can be fruitful why god it's just simply that okay let me take you on a little bit the prayer meeting on Sunday, the 17th of May. Um, at that prayer meeting, I shared two things as items for prayer. Amongst other items, I know you remember this going back, we had committed ourselves uh, to praying for Paul and Linda Tavener. So we'd prayed about them, and uh, I brought in two things uh, for prayer. Uh, one was what I called um, consolidation. I just felt before God, uh, and have done for a long while, that we need to focus our thoughts, really, as a church. And one was uh, moving towards 70 as a membership, as a church membership. Now, you're probably saying to me, the faithful bonds, why don't you move towards 150? You know, that sort of stuff. Um, And I think, really, the answer is, because, you know, when you've got a huge faith target, when you've got something that is 
way, way out there. It's very difficult to grasp hold of it. And that was what I asked God for. I said, Lord, can you give me something that we can grasp hold of as a people? We can worry about the other things at another stage. So it was that. We, we gathered and we prayed about moving towards a membership of 70, which if you add on children and the other things and visitors and all that sort of stuff, would mean that, you know, uh, that we would probably be around sort of 80, 90, 100 on a Sunday. That sort of figure. Um, you know, when the wind's in the wrong direction and it's bank holiday and snowing like it does here, uh, we would still be 70. The other one was secondly, the ex- expansion and establishing, which a lot of you know, of a small group in Deeside. Now I'll come back to the uh, details of that a little bit later. Uh, expansion and establishing of a small group in Deeside. You know, is that church planting and is that one um, I'll answer that question is that you know are you going to what about another church and all that sort of stuff and what about Oswestry and you know what about all that sort of stuff and what about Mould and Buckley and all that sort of stuff I'll try and answer that um, I, just want, I just felt no come on let's have something that we can grasp what we can grasp is that we can establish a small group in Deeside so in the context of those several, uh, the, in, the, in that context, several prophecies and scriptures were given. Now what I've done with those is that I typed them up and I distributed them to the small group leaders for further prayer. And uh, this one, Isaiah um, 54 verses 1 to 3, was one of the words that were given in that evening and was given by Bill Hogg. Now, the reason I've mentioned Bill Hogg, it's to do with what it was all to do with politics and things like. That. It's just naming and shaming. It's just that it's just simply this: that at the end of this service, if God doesn't speak to us, it's just Bill's fault. <laughs> and it wasn't me. I'm just preaching, you know, what Bill said. So I'm just excused from all of that. So we're all right, Bill. No, I don't mean that at all. Uh, there were others. I just felt, actually, that I wanted to give this one a little bit more weight. I, I do want to say that Bill had previously given this word and brought it back uh, into our minds. Now, if you'd not been at the prayer meeting or at one of the small groups, or, um, you may think, what on earth was going on either today or at the meetings that you were there? Um, I, I just want to I want to challenge you if I may at this point uh, perhaps you should have been at the prayer meeting and perhaps you should be at small group uh, I have particularly found our prayer meetings where the family comes to pray the most per- powerful meeting that we have at, as a church they're informal uh, and they have shaped and formed who we are. In fact, I'd have to say that this meeting on a Sunday has not. But our prayer meetings have. I've just... And what happens sometimes is the prophetic word comes and something like this carries on. And then what happens is you, you end up dealing with what I call catch-up. So let me encourage you. You know, be at a prayer meeting. Be at a small group meeting. Don't be playing catch-up. Now, if you were not at the small group, or at the prayer meeting, or even if you were, well, 
I felt it was only re- right to respond to the prophetic words by dealing with it on a Sunday, which is why we're doing what we're doing now. So let me first com- um, comment on the process of receiving those prophetic words and then comment about this particular word. Here's some scriptures just to help us. These ones you know. So, but just, so I just want to do this so that you know where we're coming from. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So when the prophetic words came, we had to ask the question, were they upbuilding, encouraging uh, um, type of words? Were they? Uh, And all the words, all of the words that were given, the pictures, the prophetic words, the sharings, the scriptures that came, all of the words on that evening ticked that box. All of them. Am I in the way? Shall I go here? Is that right? 1 Corinthians 14:22. Thus tongues are assigned for believers, but, uh, uh, but uh, sorry, thus songs are assigned not for unbelievers, but oh. <laughs> Okay. Thus tongues are a sign not yes for believers but for unbelievers while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers but for believers fantastic (sighs) whiskey so the question we had to ask is this what sort of sign was it and the simple answer is it was a sign for believers because it was the intention of the Lord for the church so we tick the box it was the intention of the Lord for the church Lord help me to read the next one 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty nine. let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what it is said well uh, we as a leadership team we've considered them We've asked the small group to consider them. (laughs) I'm just hoping that they did. And that is actually what we are doing today. Today is actually about weighing what the Lord said. That's why we've given it this, uh, or I've given it this public platform. 1 Corinthians 14.32 And the spirits of the prophets should be subject to the prophets. So the question is this, is and was Bill as the prophet under authority in good relation with the church and its leaders that was how we weigh the now every prophecy should be weighed in that way everyone so if somebody comes in and they're out of fellowship with their church and out of fellowship with us and they prophesy we should ignore it it is simple as that so the question we have is, what, how are Bill and Jenny in regard to us as a church? And the answer is, they're in good relationship with the church and its leaders. So it ticks the box. The problem that I had was, having thought about this, I decided I needed to give this a little bit more thought. 
Because I had the question, is Bill under authority? Well, he does support Sheffield United. <laughs> so, I, so that was my first difficulty. I, I just looked at that and thought, as the pastor of the church and a Wolves supporter, should not all the church support the Wolves? And then I, I looked at, you know, this thing about, you know, are prophets strange? And all this, you know, Ezekiel, you know, is Bill going to keep his clothes on and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> You'd only laugh. Uh, I, I, the, what I want to bring to you as a church is this, is can we take seriously a couple who does exercises on a wee machine... <laughs> behind closed doors and curtains closed and I don't know whether you've ever rung them up while they're on it you, you can't speak to them while they're doing it you've got to wait a little bit and there's all these bleeps and things and all this sort of stuff so I just felt that you ought to know that between Sheffield United and the Wii machine that disqualified him Okay. so there you go no seriously so how do we apply Isaiah 54 verses uh, 1 to 3? Well, there is a general application for us as a family, as us as Gateway Church, that actually the Lord wants us to be full of joy, full of joy. Come on, let's laugh a bit, okay? We can laugh at each other, with each other. Take the mic, it's okay, out of me. But come on. So, yes, I did have an Alzheimer's moment and did call Anne Sue, and yes, it's just my age. But laugh at me, it's okay. We, so we want to be people full of joy. We should be fruitful. We should be larger and expanding. That's the general application of those sort of things. That's the sort of church we should be. Joyful, fruitful, larger, expanding. But the specific application is found in verse 2, where it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let your curtains of the habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So we have a general application and a specific one. The four specific aspects are, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let your curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And it's those that I want to look at very briefly. So all that was in introduction. <laughs> now these are brief. You're all right. Okay. Firstly, enlarge the place of our tent. Here's what I asked to be. Can we pray about consolidation? And moving towards a membership of 70 is what was the item for prayer and cause God to respond prophetically. That was the interesting thing. That was what we bought. We said, look, we want to pray about this. And suddenly, God came through. So we know that we're on the right, we're on the right track. It just means that this, that as a member of Gateway Church, that I will actively involve myself in praying for a larger tent. Something that I do. So when, when you are praying and when we're praying, we're praying for a larger tent. It means that we will, together, invite people to live in our tent. Come live here. We'd like you to come live here. 
That's the prophetic word for the, all the Coventry guys. <laughs> this is on the internet. I'm in real trouble now. Because Andrew Simpkins is fearsome. He's fearsome. <laughs> but if he wants to come and fight me, he's going to have to come to Wrexham. <laughs> it means that we will also be actively involved in sharing the gospel so that our tent will be larger. Just what a member is. Look, this is our tent. Now, is, is this about church planting? Is this about a church of hundreds? Let's do the first step first and see what God says about the next step. Because I believe too many visions are just too big and people can't grab hold of them let's just do the first bit let's put let's put our stepping or firmly on the stepping stone and when we've got our feet on it let's together come and pray about the next stepping stone let's do the whole prayer meeting thing again say lord what do you want us to do Let's move towards 70. Let's establish the small group in Deeside and let's pray again. Let's do the simple thing. So I told you the points were, were, were short. Yes, they say. Let your curtains and your habitations be stretched out. Now, a tent in biblical times always looked the same on the outside. If you'd have looked at it, it was basically a huge piece of, of cloth and it would have all looked the same. So it's like sort of moving down our road, okay? Or a road, road of terraced houses. They would have all looked the same. If you'd put them in a line, they'd have looked the same. But the inner curtains were always different. If you'd have gone in them, they would have been different according to the family. So our tent must remain the same outwardly. What does that mean? It means that wholeheartedly we must embrace the doctrines historically held by evangelicals. I haven't got time to go into that. But, and also that we must be charismatic in our practices. That's something that our tent on the outside, we need to be fighting for. Evangelical, charismatic. Reformed, charismatic. Doctrines of grace full of the spirit in our practice that's the sort of thing but our inner curtains our ministries will be distinct as gateway church Wrexham and not the same as other new frontiers churches we're not going to be excuse me now Terry this is on the internet we are not going to be a new frontiers clone because that's not a tent and different curtains. We are going to be what God has called us to be. Our outside tent will be the same, but our inner tent will be different. We will be different to the other New Frontiers churches. We will be different to the other local Wrexham churches. Our curtains will just be different. And it isn't that the other ones are wrong. It's just that we hang our curtains a bit different. Okay? It's just that. It's just that we window dress ours a little bit different to everybody else's. That's it. So you, it's simple as that. Now we won't get down the simples thing again. 
It's just simply this. God has a particular plan for us. That's it. Let's keep it at that. So do we know what our plan is? Well, at the moment, we have to form it on the prophetic words that have been given. And the prophetic words that were given, this is going back to Sue's day, just to poke so before sue corrects me one was about the university one was about a local area and the other was about upping our profile and we have sat down recently and looked at a lot of these areas and looked at investing money into those sort of areas and that's why we're doing some of the events about brintag we're not doing them just because Brintag is a council estate in need. We're not doing them because, because it's something good to do and looks good on evangelistic strategy. We're going to Brintag to ask the question of the Lord, is this the particular place that you want us to work in? It is about serving and discovering. That's what we're doing. So there's a sort of as we go there will be a prophetic sense of being there oh I know it's serving cakes but we're going to also advertise the church there's going to be leaflets and tracts and all sorts of different things that we can do as well but it is exploring that prophetic word it's why we meet here some people have said do you not find it frustrating meeting here yep I do we're either in a classroom where we can't you know we're either in that steepy thing that goes like and you know you can't go to the toilet can you if you're on the inside aisle and then you have to if you walk in late you have to come up the front and all that do I do I feel frustrated so yes I do do you think we should move to another building no why do I not believe that because the Lord told us to be involved in the university and when the Lord tells us not to be in the university we go somewhere else folks it is just sometimes back to the word again we have to be symbols it's another sermon from Coventry. You'll have to listen to it on iTunes. Okay, but here we go. So it does mean, what does it mean for me here? It means that I will go and be involved in Brintag. I will go and just volunteer. I'll go and be a cake seller or a leaflet giver out there. Or actually, here's the thing. How about something that you could do to raise money for Nia? At Brintag, we're going to have a bungee jump. How about somebody now volunteering themselves? I, I, I felt the, the Lord then. Did you, did you? A prophetic word. How about, what about somebody at the end of this service saying, I will do the bungee jump, but I will get sponsors to do it for near. Let's use it. How about the university? We've all gone quiet now, haven't you? <laughs> but wouldn't it be great to see Paul Slater plummeting towards the earth at great speed? We're like, oh, yes! Whoosh! As he comes down. <laughs> Fantastic! And all for the work of the Lord. <laughs> back to students it just, the image just got me okay nappy as I, I don't laugh at this but I on that day I am the compare for the whole event on the way down 
Grow, 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 grow. That's Brintake. <laughs> University. That's why we meet here. Can I encourage you? Uh, um, please be involved with students. Make sure that they build into your life. You know, I know this is quite very simple, but it is. Please, can you feed them? They're away from home. Their parents, their aunties and their uncles are not here. They need family. They don't need to walk away from church and go home. When we get to September again, we'll start up our rotors. It is a prophetic word that we care for our students. It's not a rotor, it's prophetic. So we need to feed them. We need to involve them in our small groups. We need to invite them to our homes. So we can do that. We can get involved. We can pray for them, pray for students. Also, you can, we're going to up our profile. We as leaders uh, are working on that. Uh, we've worked with Tim a little bit, who has been amazing, if I may say. Uh, Tim has had a look at some of the things that we produced, redesigned it, taken photographs. He himself has been absolutely outstanding. I want to commend him to you. So we're changing our banner. We're changing uh, some other sort of things. We're changing uh, the way that our invitations look. Uh, Tim has done that. Tim, on behalf of the leaders, we want to say thank you ever so much. We're looking at... Uh, uh, we're looking at how we can uh, change the website. We're on the case. We're on the case. So we want to pray as well for new works and new ministries that, that go inside the tent. This isn't just it. This is just the beginning. We need to lengthen our cords. What have I done? When your wife laughs at you, you're disturbed because you either think your fly hole's open or something like this. The cords connect the tent to the pegs and to the floor. And they are needed because in wind and adverse weather, without them, the tent would be lost and the family exposed. I know this sounds rather tenuous, but we have to ask ourselves, what will keep us protected and firmly rooted? And I believe that is being a church that is full of the word and full of the spirit. John 4.23 says, The hour is coming and is now here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Ephesians 4 verse 14. When we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Our teaching needs to be consistently of a high standard. We need to encourage our preachers to give an enormous amount of time to prayer and preparation. We need to encourage them to work hard and pray for them. 
we need to be people of the word we as a church have a responsibility to the word of God reading it regularly applying it to everyday life valuing it as God breathed let me ask you you know, have you been in the word have you got some study aids this is going to strengthen the church the, what strengthens the church is the word of God <coughs> Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 do not get drunk on wine for th- that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit Wayne Grudem in his commentary uh, commentating on this verse said this about this verse he says to be filled with the spirit means to be filled with the immediate presence of God to the extent that you are feeling what God himself feels desiring what God desires doing what God wants speaking by God's power praying and ministering by God's strength and knowing with the knowledge that God himself gives (laughs) yeah do that Lord Uh, we need to be as a church preaching and praying for the baptism in the spirit praying on a regular basis for us to be filled with the spirit making space for the holy spirit in our meetings prayer meetings sundays being responsive back to the holy spirit holy spirit speaking to us yeah i'm going to do that not being hesitant towards that probably as a church we need to uh, deepen and widen our prophetic gifting as we grow Uh, we as leaders are looking at uh, a prophetic training day but as that we need to hold on to those two things people full of the word full of the spirit we need to strengthen our stakes this is the last one we're nearly at the end the stakes or the pegs connect the cords to the tent and hold the tent down they provide the support the tent needs and they need strengthening so in a nutshell we need more and stronger stakes we need more and stronger leaders if you are a leader already as I am this implies to me as it applies to you if we're going to do this before God we need to be stronger we need to be stronger than we are right now that's the prophetic word it's what the Lord has called us to do and we're being called also to strengthen if you are not if you are not a leader in this church then let me encourage you to strengthen your walk with god so that the current leadership team can recognize what god is doing and give you responsibility it is time for us to have some new leaders in all areas of church life we need to pray for more leaders because I don't believe God wants us to have a large tent that ends up flapping in the wind and if we're going to do this we're going to need more leaders right across the board and if you are leading we've got to get better folks (laughs) you've got to get better conclusion for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nation and and will people uh, and will people the desolate cities and will people the desolate cities here 
I don't know whether you found like this. I'm just going to refer back to Bill and Jenny and that image of the we, which is kept secretly away from us um, and only begs us to sin when we think about it. But I would imagine this, that let's just imagine Bill. Let's not imagine Jenny, okay? That actually, when Bill has done his wee... (laughs) That I would say this, Bill, that that Bill has found out that stretching has a cause has a tendency to cause pain. He used to know that, but he's beginning to know it again. That stretching has a tendency to cause pain. And when we stretch, we are working a certain set of muscles that actually we've not worked in a long while. Sorry, Bill. So in order to stretch ourselves to what God has asked us to become, it's going to be painful for some of us. The Bible calls that sacrifice. It's going to, it's going to be a sacrifice. You know, ask, ask, let me ask this question. Nigel, are you willing to sacrifice for an enlarged tent? Let me ask you the question. Are you willing to sacrifice personally for a larger tent? And spreading to the left and to the right can sound as if we are working ourselves too thinly. And we're going to need sensitivity, which is why that we're just saying, okay, 70, small group. It's going to require great wisdom and discernment as we move from one stage to another. And I don't believe that what God is saying, build a bigger tent and disregard what you have. I want us all to live in this tent. And I don't want us to have any casualties on the way. So how big is our tent? Well, in this verse in Isaiah, it says that we need to spread out to the right and the left. And what that means, if you look at the verse in regard to nation, it says this, it says in the verse that we'll spread out to the right and to the left and to make our mark on a land that does not know who we are yet. We have to be honest, it doesn't know who we are yet. But the prophetic word is that it will. It will. In other words, we need to expand our influence. But we reap what we sow. And our return will only be as great as our investment, says Alan Sugar. But somebody much better than him called William Carey said this, if we expect great things from God and attempt great things for God then the possibilities are endless that would be my encouragement let's do that